Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I am joined by my dude Tony. Tony, what did you think of that walk-off win? Crack 'em, man! Just crack, crack 'em all day. I I am thrilled. This has been the most exciting stretch of White Sox baseball in such a long time. Uh, this is my second Socks on Tap today. Um, so I'm, I'm just amped. Uh, Johnny and Annie and I uh, broke down the doubleheader yesterday that I was at. Um, and then, uh, you know, we get another exciting game today. You know, Imagine if the White Sox had swept the Orioles yesterday in that doubleheader. Just, you know, right now I, I feel like I'm on cloud nine as a Sox fan. I think walk-off homers always do that. But you're not within a game of 500, and you'd be over 500 right now. Uh, if yeah, you I know. won that first one yesterday, so that would be a I mean, game up. Makes me even more frustrated for that loss. They they had scored runs early in that one, and I let that slip away. But that two walk off victories in a row, um, man, I'm pumped. I'm just really, I'm really pumped. How about you? Oh man, I feel great. Um, I was super excited to see Delmonico come and get his moment uh, tonight by uh, smashing that that ninth inning home run. Um, I was super happy for him. You saw all the joy in his face. Then he McGregor to home plate. I don't know if you saw oh, that. Yeah. He, he um, there was the interview in the in the post game interview. He said that he told himself when he went up to bat, if he went yard, he was gonna McGregor into <laughs> home. So he he lived up to what he said he was gonna do. Uh, oh yeah, it was fun. It was fun to watch. I mean, even with the win today, we did have some bad news and good news too. It, it just it sucks tone because I feel like every once in a while you get good news with this team, but then something bad happens. Tim Anderson's named the uh, March and April American League Player of the Month, and Hell then yeah. we and then we find out about Carlos Rodon might oh. possibly needing Tommy John surgery. Uh, so I mean, I think that today with the walk off home run against Boston, I I feel like that lifted some spirits. I understand it's one game. Uh, and this Rodon thing's kind of a black cloud that's going to be hanging over us for a little while. But it was nice to see one of our other pitchers do, you know, pitch a decent game today, and that was Lucas Giolito. Yes, um, there were a few times during this start from from Giolito today where I I was a little bit nervous, but uh, he he really settled down, and you know I think I said if he kept it under four runs, uh, they'd be in good shape, and. Lucas, I mean, I'll just read the line out right here. Five innings, gave up seven hits, three runs, all of them earned. Only walked two batters and strikes out seven. He did go uh, give up one home run. Uh, but overall, uh, a very decent start there from Lucas Giolito in his, in his first start back. Um, let's just touch on that Rodon uh, injury. Uh, elbow soreness, very general. Right. It's, Yesterday was... Uh... Yesterday was the blister was on the, blister. the finger, Yep. right? Yeah, so then today it turned into the general elbow soreness. And then when I watched the interview 
with uh, Rodon. And what, what was his exact words? It was like, if it if it's Tommy John, then so be it. My heart sank, dude. I'm like, come on, man. I'm like, this is just not. Well, to me, that and, and the the thing is, is that there's been like two or three starts now in a row where he just hasn't looked completely right. And you kind of saw this with Michael Kopech last year. You know, he just wasn't himself. Right. And I don't feel like Rodon was himself. He was still pitching effectively, you know, per se, but he wasn't himself. And then they, I don't know if the blister is really a thing now or if that was just kind of a an excuse to get them through the night. Do you know what right. I mean? Like, No, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So, that, you know, if it's a blister and elbow soreness... Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to to make of this. But, you know, you're right. When Your heart sinks when you hear the pitcher himself say, if it's Tommy John, then so be it. It almost seems as if it's kind of predetermined at that point in time when you start talking about Tommy John. Like he's talked it, to doctors already and it's just kind of like uh, this is probably in, in the cards here. Right, exactly. That's what it, that's what it feels like to me, at yeah. least. Because they didn't come and say, you know, we're going to try rest first. And we'll we'll put him on a throwing program. We didn't hear those words. We didn't hear no, throwing yeah. program. We didn't hear uh, we're gonna rest for a while. We heard if it's Tommy John, which means that there's been a first opinion in my in my eyes, uh, and they're waiting on the second opinion to follow up and just confirm. Um, if that's the case, uh, you're gonna lose a year and a half of Carlos Rodon in this rotation, and they've already named Dylan Covey the replacement, saying that they will not bring up Dylan Cease and that Dylan Cease's timeline will not be affected by a need in Chicago, but by Dylan Cease's progress himself. Buzz, this is one of the things that's frustrated me about the White Sox organization is they don't move guys along for certain things, but then move other guys along, you know, just, you know, it's... We saw this with Michael Kopech. We saw it with Eli Jimenez. They play some games with some of these guys. Um, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see how long it does take to get Dylan Cease up here. And if he's on the Michael Kopech uh, time frame, you're probably not going to see him till around August. Well, September. September. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's going to be a September call-up. <laughs> and that's going to be a lot of Dylan Covey starts. And yeah. Here's, here's where it gets really funky, though, Buzz is this team's winning ball games. If you told me that they were going to be a game or two under 500 coming out of April, I probably would have laughed in your face. And now they were 9 and 20 at this time last year, dude. They were yeah. 9 and 20 at this time last year. This is not this isn't some like, oh, you know, we're losing anyway, so we don't want to rush our younger guys. You're going to pay cease anyway just like you did to Eloy. Yeah. It's going to happen. You know? I mean, why just do it? I mean, the kid just fanned 11 in 6 innings the other night. Triple A ball, uh, he would be getting more competition in Double A ball. Like, just move him up. What's what's the point? I well, get why they're doing. They're gonna pay him anyway. That's my point. You know. And here's my other thing too: is we've already seen this with Kopech. You threw him a ton of innings down in the minor leagues last year in Triple A. And what happens when he gets to Chicago? He gets injured. Now, I know Cease has already had Tommy John, but I'm just, you know, it would be so White Sox if something <laughs> were to happen to Dylan Cease at this point because everybody uh. else has been through it. Uh, Moncada's had his injuries. Eloy's now had injuries. Kopech 
has had an injury. Dunning, Luis Roberts had injuries. Dylan Ceases, it seems like the only one who hasn't gone down for an extended period of time with something. So it would just be so White Sox if he did. Why waste the health and the bullets that are in that arm in AAA when you know you're beating teams like the Red Sox? And not only that, you're beating their closer. It's stubbornness, Tony. Yeah, it's stubbornness by the front office trying to follow what they think that their timeline is and, and refusing to deviate from the plan. That's well, what that is. I feel, I feel like it goes back to accountability. And if you put all of your young studs up here, you're accountable for winning. And right now, I don't think that the front office wants to be held accountable for winning because they know that they've failed to accumulate the pieces on this roster to actually make a deep postseason run. And by shielding some of these guys like Dylan Cease from Major League action, you're shielding the responsibility and the accountability of the organization from fielding its best team. And I think the players right now on the roster are doing a great job of forcing that issue <laughs> to use a Hanism uh, to come back and actually, you know, put some extra talent on this roster. If they continue and hover around 500 at the trade deadline, I would hope that they, they are buyers. I don't know about you. Definitely for starting pitching, um, you know, uh, uh, if they keep doing what they're doing right now, obviously it's very early in the season. But if they keep doing what they're doing right now, again, this team was nine and twenty last year. You know, with the improvements of Tim Anderson, Yohan Makata, a guy that uh, <laughs> I just wanted, to... James McCann, man, come dude. on, come on, dude. I just <laughs> that article that what we were talking about the other night, just they just want to prove you wrong, dude. They're reading your stuff. So so, just go back and explain how this all works when I go after somebody for the, for the listeners. How, do, how does this work? Every time Tony attacks somebody, like when he attacked Raylo, Raylo came out and <laughs> had 14 strikeouts. He comes out, he, he writes an awesome, well-in-depth piece about James McCann. <laughs> and McCann just still hitting 365, his on-base percentage still 412. Smacks a home run tonight with two RBI with, you know, got, uh, that was, a that was the main point of your article was that he wasn't producing with, uh, runners in scoring position. So and I don't he, think he, I don't think he had a runner in scoring position. I, I've turned away from the TV for just a second. So I wasn't sure where Luray Garcia was, if he was on first or second, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that I had wrote this article and just kind of said that he doesn't have any RBIs out of the four spot. And then he goes and gets two today on a dinger. Um, I like, I like seeing, I like seeing that stuff. I'm a fan, Buzz. I'm a fan. I, and, I love it. I love it. You know, I, I just, now I need to go write an article about somebody else. So we'll figure out who that is and we'll, we'll te- keep testing this theory as the season goes on. But maybe Ryan Cordell, dude, because he fell off bad. Well, you know what? I, I'm, I'm still waiting for the time frame on the Eloy Jimenez thing, because let's get into today's ball game. There's one name that <laughs> We're going to talk about in depth here, and that's Nicky Delmonico. Oh, yeah. So I'm waiting to see how long it takes Eloy to come back. But if Nicky Delmonico can be clutch, I'd rather have Nicky Delmonico, I think, on this roster maybe than Ryan Cordell. But we can debate that um, and go back and forth on it. I'm taking Nicky Delmonico over Cordell. Um, We've seen the Nicky heroics before. 
let's see what happens there. And there's another name out out there in the minor leagues, a fan favorite. We've kind of forgotten about him in Daniel Palka as well. Right. Um, so we've got some outfield options. But let's get into the game. I know we touched on Lucas Giolito. Uh, again, five innings, seven hits, three runs, all of them earned, two walks and seven strikeouts. Uh, he wasn't the only pitcher to go today. Uh, we also saw Osich. Uh, I'm a I'm a big fan of Osich when he doesn't give up any hits. He did give up a run, though, uh, two walks, uh, struck out one. Uh, Evan Marshall in his second appearance. I like uh, him. He yes, I do like him as well. He walked one, struck out one in his inning of work, gave up one hit, but he's still sitting there with that clean zero point zero zero ERA, as well as another guy that Aaron we've seen Bummer. now a few times. Yes, Aaron Bummer, uh, inning and a third, and he was clean today, uh, from what I see. He did strike out one, and then Carson Fulmer with the win, uh, just two thirds of an inning. And gave up two walks. He wasn't exactly clean, um, but all around good effort. We didn't see any of the big guns come out of the bullpen tonight. No Herrera, no Calame. Uh, there wasn't a save situation. I like seeing Carson Fulmer get the win here. Um, you know, it was it was a good use of the bullpen. I think as far as you know, saving some bullets and you come out with a win, especially when you only get five innings out of Lucas Giolito thoughts on any of the pitching today, Buzz. I I like Marshall a lot. Um, Bummer looked comfortable in there. Um, Like you said, I mean, I just, I wish Carson Fulmer was better than he is. And I just, every time I hear his name, that's what I think. Um, You know, I was really hoping driveline was going to improve him um, this off season because that's where he went and it just didn't, it, it just didn't pan out the way I was hoping it would for him, but I'm glad that he came out. He got the win. He did what he needed to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the pitching goes, I was I was happy with uh, Gio, man. I'm not, Giolito made me happy. He came out through 98 pitches, seven strike, you know, fan seven and five innings. Yes, he did let up seven hits, but him and him and uh, Price were going back and forth there for a little bit. You know, their their numbers are very similar. David Price threw six innings, uh, seven hits, three runs, three earned runs, two walks, five Ks, and let up a homer. So I mean, uh, you know, Gio got the best of this battle tonight, and uh, you know, I'm I'm just I was happy to see that. Oh yeah, and, and outpitching David Price is always a uh, a good thing. I mean, David Price did have a better game, I think. You know, overall going the extra inning, uh, they did both give up seven hits, three runs, both of them earned, walk two. But uh, actually, you know what? Giolito struck out one more or two, two more, more than two yeah, more two than more. David Price and an inning less of work. Yep, so that is impressive. Um, it just looked like Price probably was having a better start just from the TV when I looked at it, and he went the extra inning. So uh, that's why I said that. But now looking at the box score, Lucas Giolito outpitched David Price, and that's that's not an easy feat. Um, no, like and like you said in the beginning of the show, you know, holding, you know, on his end, holding Boston to three runs, our offense has been alive and well and kicking it. And, uh, you know, he gave our offense the chance to win the ball game today. Yeah. All of our pitching did, but Giolito really did. You know, I mean, obviously he threw the bulk of the pitches. So, uh, you know, kudos. Absolutely. Let's take a look at the lineup. One of the things that Johnny Nani and I talked earlier today about is lineup construction of the White Sox. We saw some funky stuff that went down in the doubleheader. Uh, I'm not sure if you looked at what that lineup was for the second game. Uh, what a mess that one yeah, was. Yeah, it was a complete mess. Nick, was it Nicky Delmonico hitting second? Yes. Uh, dude, I, I'm tired. I like. 
I get Ricky wants to be like, well, what did we say in the last one? I said he was all funky or whatever. Yeah. He likes to be funky. Like, knock the shit off, man. Put the winning formula that works. If this team is winning, give the Southside fans something to be happy about. Don't put Nicky Mill Monaco at second. Yeah. In bed second. Why? Why? This is, I mean, it's a reoccurring theme, dude. We talk about it over and over again. Put the best lineup on the field. Right. We were just talking about it a minute ago. It's not a hard concept. I, I think if, you know, if we're able to do it, if we're able to sit here and have a few beers and figure out who the best people to have on the field are, Ricky Renteria and his stone cold sober self should be able to put together a lineup, <laughs> you know, in, in his little office chair before we start playing. Um, today, I mean, we, seriously, could you imagine him sitting in the office tone and just being like penciling in, you know, on his little cute dry erase board with his beautiful handwriting? Yeah, I think that Nikki Delmonico looks good batting second today. Well, this is what I asked Nani earlier. I said, do you think when they went into that intermission, and I'll pose this question to you as well, um, just to get a different take for for the listeners who would listen to both of these. After the first game, do you think that Ricky Renteria went back to his office and said, I think it's a great idea to have Nicky Delmonico bat second? Or do you think that that lineup was predetermined before the first game was played? Oh. <sighs> By the way, Ricky does things, man. I mean, it could probably, you know, probably, <laughs> it probably just kind of flew and fe- hey, it feels right right now in the heat of the moment, you know. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, uh, I don't know the guy that well if he's gonna predetermine it or he's just gonna. But that looked like something that was slapped together, if you ask me. <laughs> you know, you know, it reminds me of a lineup um, of you know little league lineup, and it's like, hey. Nikki's mom really wants to see him bat second today, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna get him that second spot. You know he's got his grandparents in town, so let's let's give him that second spot. Hey, maybe we'll even let him pitch. You know that's what it, that's what it felt like to me there. That's what they uh, did for Matt Davidson last year. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> the family's in town. Special yeah. game. Uh, give the kid a break. Um, but no, today a good lineup. I think uh, Garcia, Anderson, Abreu, McCann. Uh, we know how I feel about that one. Mancata, Rondon, <laughs> Alonzo, uh, Cordell, and then Engel. Uh, obviously, the Delmonico pinch hit worked very well there um, because it got him into the ball game and put him in a position for at-bat number two. But overall, I think that's a pretty decent lineup. Tim Anderson batting second. I think that you can flip-flop him and, and Mancata uh, just based on lefty-righties. I love Mancata in the two-hole. All the time. Yep, I, 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 I do think as well. He should be. And I don't think Timmy's a bad spot in a, in a bad spot there. But again, Timmy goes hitless in this game. Uh, his average is tumbling down to three fifty two. Buzz, I'm getting a little worried about uh, Tim Anderson. You know, being named Player of the of the Month, but. Um, another O for a game for, for Timmy with two strikes. He started outs. off so hot through 30 games, man. This was bound to happen. The, uh, Tim's going to end the year anywhere from 270 to, to 285. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, I, I, that's what, that's just my mind. That dude started off hot as hell. He's going to be a consistent hitter. It's just, he's not going to be getting the, all these multi-hit games in a row. It's just, it, it's the name of the game. Yeah. But, um, obviously the thing that we all want to talk about here. Uh, we did have a home run from James McCann. We touched on that. <laughs> but the big home run yes. today was Nicky Delmonico. Walk-off shot, man. We touched on this a little bit earlier. How awesome is it for you to witness walk-off home runs 
We've got oh, two of them now in a week span. Yeah, I absolutely love it. You know, Tim on Friday when we were at the game, you know, um, and then and tonight, you know, just sitting there watching the game and, and you know, seeing Nikki, you know, hit that ball, that that slider just hung there, you know, and I as soon as it came off Nikki's bat, I was like, oh, man, that might be going yard, you know, and it was very similar too with uh, center field with um, with JBJ. He almost got McCann's home run too. I thought he was about to rob Nicky too. You know, uh, he had a good jump, but I mean, it was a beautiful hit, man. Like I said, I'm happy for Nicky. Um, you know, he does seem to have that clutch gene. Every yeah, I got to pull up the stats for that. I'm not gonna do it right now because I'm lazy, but um, see, he does seem to have that clutch gene in him. But very excited about that. I'm, you know, I'm I'm very 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 excited that this team is a game under 500. That's what I'm excited about. Absolutely. And let's talk about the next game that can get them to 500. This is the one that our guy Shy Sox John does betting the money line. Big no better guy. What, big better guy is going to bet the money line on this one. This is going to be Chris Sale and Reynaldo Lopez. Um Chris Sale coming in at ooh, close your eyes. Cover your ears. 0-5 with a 6.3 ERA and 32 strikeouts. Reynaldo Lopez, 2-3, 6.03 ERA, 39 strikeouts on the year. Reynaldo Lopez is coming off arguably one of the best starts in his career. He was absolutely dominant against the Tigers. Career-high 14 strikeouts. We talked about that one. Um, and little interesting stat, he has a 1.50 ERA in his last three outings. Ray Lowe's hot. Chris Sale is not. Um, thoughts on this matchup, Buzz Guy? Chris Sale is going to come out and want to kick some ass because he's back in Chicago. Um, I wholeheartedly believe that, but whatever's going on with the Boston Celtics right now, um, they're not the team that they were last year. But I ref- I refuse to ca- uh, count out Chris Sale. I mean he's a he is a Hall of Fame pitcher. It's getting um, but... late for you, man. You just called the Red Sox the Celtics. Did I really? Yes, you did. Oh my God! Yeah, I've been up for what, what time is it? Midnight. I've yeah, been it's up midnight. This... We're on hour twenty now. Um, that's okay. Anyway, so for the Red Sox, I had basketball on the mind too. I was watching playoff basketball tonight. Uh, anyway, so for the Red Sox, you know, being a game under five hundred, they're fourteen and fifteen. Right? Or is that fourteen and eighteen? Uh, they are fourteen and eighteen. Yeah, my see, I took my contacts out too. So being at fourteen and eighteen, I, I still believe in them. I still think that they're gonna, you know, make a run and come back. But I don't think it's gonna be at our expense tomorrow. Like you said, Lopez is pitching really, really good. He's coming off a career outing, and we're at home and we're on a run right now again. Um, especially at you know, I the the nerves and the uh, the juice are gonna be flowing tomorrow after this walk off win, and I think the Sox pull it out tomorrow. I do too. Um, there's just a magic about this White Sox team right now. I'm absolutely just in. I'm I'm thrilled with what I've watched now two games in a row, and I want to see us go streaking again. I want to get that third win in a row. Uh, I'm going to be there uh, Saturday night, Buzz. I want to see it go four in a row. We'll be above 500. Um, things will be good. I I just have a good feeling about it. Of course, the White Sox might come spoil that good feeling. Uh, you're only as good as your last game. Um, but, hey, right now it's time to celebrate. It's time to crack them. It's time to have fun. I know you're tired. Uh, PSA for all the listeners out there, don't podcast when you've gotten like little to no sleep like Buzz here. You make mistakes. That happens. It's always a joy having you on, Buzz. 
Anything else you want to say before we close this one down? Uh, yeah, the Red Sox and the Celtics are from the same city, so I had that going on for me. But go Sox. Let's go Sox.